0: The truth is that we are creating our reality with each choice that we make. We're constantly deciding what we give our attention to. Even if you don't believe in manifestation, you can get behind the scientifically proven fact that what you focus on expands. When you think about something, you notice more of it. So why not spend time in the energy of the good? To all who come to this happy podcast, welcome. This is Spiritually Ever After, the place where Disney meets wellness and spirituality. I'm your host, Kitty Packman, spiritual mentor, licensed therapist, and major Disney person. This is the place where the magic of spirituality, self-awareness, and personal development meets the magic of Disney. You are safe to be your full magical self here. Now let's dive in welcome everyone to the first episode of spiritually ever after the place where disney meets wellness and spirituality this is a podcast for the disney people who are doing the inner work and who believe in constantly expanding and deepening their experience this podcast is going to be unlike any you've heard before As it combines two, maybe seemingly random areas to create new wisdom and new potential. I'm your host, Kitty Pacman. I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist turned spiritual mentor and sacred event facilitator. I figured for our first episode, it would probably help for me to tell you who I am and a little bit of my story and the inspiration behind this podcast. I got my start as a healer and wellness leader in 2015 when I started working with clients as a marriage and family therapy intern at Hofstra University. It was then that I began immersing myself in meditation and learning the importance of boundaries. I learned about self-healing and nervous system regulation and how the body holds our trauma And I really learned how important it is to prioritize self-love and self-care. My journey of following my intuition, though, and really wanting to discover my purpose started before that, primarily when I was an undergraduate student at Villanova in 2010. So I had been good at math and science my whole life, and I got a lot of praise and positive attention around this. I felt really smart and successful because I did well in classes that a lot of other students struggled with, like calculus and chemistry, and I always have enjoyed solving problems, and these classes kind of gave me that adrenaline rush. I also had a strong connection to contributing to the HIV-AIDS crisis because of the passing of my dad's best friend when I was really young. So when it came time to apply for college I knew I wanted to do something to help and find a solution. So I was thinking either on a macro level I could work as a biochemical researcher and I could also kind of work on the micro level as a doctor. So I began at Villanova as a freshman as a chemical engineering major going pre-med. I figured that would cover both options and let me decide a little bit later on. And I came into college with 27 credits from AP classes. And this included chemistry and calculus, which meant that I was taking organic chemistry and differential equations as a freshman, And these are classes that I later learned are challenging for a lot of sophomores and juniors. So it wasn't surprising that as a freshman, I bombed both of the classes and for the first time in my life, I failed a class and it was a really devastating experience and I just remember feeling so ashamed, but that pain really led me to do some soul searching and it made me realize that I actually didn't enjoy my math and science classes. And it wasn't that I wasn't, you know, good at them or couldn't handle that level of work. I just didn't want to put in the work in those classes. I did, though, really enjoy my philosophy classes and eventually sociology classes. So I kind of took a leap and declared an undecided arts major. And this was really one of the first times in my life that I let myself embrace the unknown. And I didn't hide behind a label. And I knew that people were going to have questions. And I did it anyway. (laughs) And I really let myself take my sophomore year to explore my academic desires. And I recognize that this is such a privilege. And it's something that I hope that everyone can have, you know, in some way to some extent in their life. Because, It just was such an incredible experience to really prioritize myself and my education and an education based in my unique desires. I started to remember how much I really loved learning because I was taking classes like positive psychology and philosophy of sex and love. And I really felt more like me than I had in years. I remember one night I called my mom and I said, I figured it out. I want to major in philosophy. And she said, absolutely not. <laughs> you will never get a job with that degree. And she told me that I could double major with a major in philosophy, but that I could not just major in philosophy. So I was sort of back to the drawing board and I then took my intro to sociology class, and that was really, really interesting to me. So I declared that major in the spring of my sophomore year, and then by the fall of my junior year, I had added psychology as a second major. I was really interested in those classes, and I figured that was a degree that would probably get me somewhere if I wanted to go to grad school or, you know, depending on what I wanted to do after college. And then my end of my junior or in the beginning of my senior year, Villanova announced that you could now major in gender and women's studies. And at that point, I was planning to minor in gender and women's studies, and I realized I only needed a few extra credits to make it happen. And so I, I don't know, did some magic with my schedule. I took classes that counted for both majors, and I declared a triple major. And I just remember feeling like I wished that The version of myself who had felt successful and worthy just for like breadcrumbs of being good at science or math could see me now graduating as a triple major on time. (laughs) From there, I knew that I wanted to go to grad school for some sort of counseling or social work role. And so I took a year to apply and I got to watch my little brothers who were two and four at the time as my full-time job. (laughs) I always say this was the best job of my life, and it was filled with lots of Disney, Disney music, Disney movies. We watched Cars and Frozen a lot, (laughs) Um, but that only made it that much better. And the next year, I got into Hofstra's Marriage and Family Therapy program, and I had these visions of myself being a successful couples therapist in Manhattan in private practice someday. And then... (laughs) I landed a job in private practice in 2017 before I had even graduated. So, overnight, I had achieved the dream, so to speak, in my field. And I did this working as a therapist in private practice along with a full time nonprofit job for about three years um, before I finally realized that private practice really wasn't the right space for me. I I had noticed that my clients were growing tremendously and that they were meeting goals and achieving things that they had never thought possible when we had first started, but they still would always come to session in a really low vibe state and it was like they were focused on what wasn't working and what wasn't going well. And some of these clients, I would see that they would even enter into a state of crisis over things that they had previously been able to cope with. All of these clients also wanted to continue working with me indefinitely. A lot of them were clients that I had started working with in grad school. And then when I graduated and moved to private practice, they followed me into private practice. Um, and so they, they spoke like they wanted to work with me forever. And what I saw, though, was that the clients that I was able to terminate with and usually this was after weeks and weeks of me kind of inviting them to see that they were ready to terminate, these clients after we terminated would continue to reach their goals and they were flourishing and they were doing it without feeling like they needed to come to therapy every week. So this was really the catalyst for me starting my business because this experience taught me two things. First, that people are so capable of whatever they want to achieve when they get out of their own way, and second, that the intention and environment in which we do the work on achieving our goals plays a huge role in the outcome. I realized that the nature of working with a therapist in private practice made my clients feel like they had to have something wrong in their lives to work on in order to work with me on their goals. And while I think therapy is such a beautiful and needed practice that brings such light and hope and support to some people's lives, I decided that I wasn't meant to be a private practice therapist or a therapist in the traditional sense in general. I realized I was meant to kind of pave my own way and to forge my own path and to create my own methods for guiding my clients through their process. And to allow this to be unbound and to not feel restricted by any sort of environment. So now, in my spiritual business, I'm able to work with clients on their goals from the framework and foundation of life is good and gets to be better. And that there doesn't need to be a quote-unquote problem in order to improve your life. You can just decide you want more and then commit to doing the work to call it in. Since starting my business in 2019, I've been able to create some really amazing things with and for my clients. I've invested in my growth and the growth of my business over and over and over again with a variety of different teachers, learning many different healing, embodiment, and expansion modalities. I've been lucky enough to go to events and on retreats in Costa Rica, in San Diego, in Ojai, and right here on Long Island. I've picked up a bunch of certifications over the last two years, becoming a certified Holy Fire Reiki healer levels one and two, a certified chakra healer, a certified soul flow embodiment facilitator, and I'm also a certified Akashic Record practitioner. I create sacred containers for expansion and for healing in person and virtually. I run group programs and one-on-one mentorship for women who are remembering the value of their unique energy and creating the life that they've always wanted. I currently run a monthly supervision success and support group called collaboration collective. And I also teach classes and I host events at spirit and soul studio in Babylon on Long Island. Some of the things that I'm known for are combining my clinical, therapeutic, trauma-informed background with the spiritual woo-woo energetic side of things, using human design as an energy management tool, and really just my overall warm and grounding energy, and that I'm obsessed with Disney. (laughs) I get to guide my clients through these incredible expansions like hosting their own luxury retreats, balancing their schedule as a full-time entrepreneur, and navigating the switch to a new and more aligned job in a brand new field. I'm so grateful for the work I get to do, and I'm so excited to bring this magic to you all. So why Disney? I mean, I've been obsessed with Disney my entire life, (laughs) especially from the time that The Lion King came out in June 1994. I have just been the embodiment of Disney. I legitimately thought that I was Simba until about 1996, and I made my parents get me multiple Simba costumes each Halloween as I outgrew the last one. I love everything about Disney. I love Disney World. I love Disney music. I love Disney movies. I love Disney animation. I love Disney history. I love learning about all the Disney legends and the Imagineers. And I've had some of the greatest experiences of my life in Disney World and Disneyland. I have cherished memories that I'll never forget. And some of them are with family members who are no longer physically present here. And I'm sure many of you can relate to playing memories like that over and over in your head. I just think there's something so incredibly magical about Disney. Disney has always been a sense of comfort for me. It's always felt like home. It's been the thing to pick me up when I'm really down and sad and heartbroken or emotionally broken from the state of the world. It's been a source of joy and laughter, fun and meaning and depth. And in many ways, it's been the thing that connects me to family and friends and clients. I think some people have this misconception about Disney adults that we are childish or naive. Or that we live in a fantasy world. I know I certainly have been accused of being too optimistic and too quote unquote unrealistic. The truth is that we are creating our reality with each choice that we make. We're constantly deciding what we give our attention to. Even if you don't believe in manifestation, you can get behind the scientifically proven fact that what you focus on expands. When you think about something, you notice more of it. So why not spend time in the energy of the good, in the energy of love, in the energy of magic and miracles, in the energy of family and close relationships, in the energy of depth and immersion and sensory experiences? To me, that's what Disney is. And that's anything but childish. A few years ago, I started to realize just how many other Disney people I had in my life and how instantly connected I always felt when I met a new Disney person. This eventually turned into the idea for a podcast that would connect the dots between the things I love most, Disney, spirituality, and wellness, to create a space where Disney fans can come together and feel connected and seen and safe to explore. Every other Tuesday, I will be releasing a new episode of Spiritually Ever After, with new invitations to make you think deeper, feel more, and be even more entrenched in the Disney magic. Throughout the season, we'll explore how Disney intersects with human design, manifestation, self-love, running your own business, the new paradigm, and so much more. We'll have episodes that feature interviews with some of your favorite spiritual Disney people, meditations, riffs, spiritual practices, and lots of other surprises. That feels like a good place to stop for our first episode. So until then, you can find me on Instagram at spiritually underscore ever after and on TikTok at spiritually ever after. If you enjoyed this episode, please follow us, leave a review, let us know what you loved and what you want to see. And I can't wait to connect with all of you and share this magic. So until next time, see you real soon. Thank you for being here and listening. If you loved it, leave a review and or share and tag me. I would love to connect with you. I'm spiritually underscore ever after on Instagram and spiritually ever after on TikTok. See you real soon.